Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Battle of the Labyrinth. Chapter 10, part 2, I guess. <clears throat> I'm sorry that it has to be two parts, but very long chapter, and um, my eyes are starting to fall out of my eye sockets. Probably shouldn't have gone away. I don't know. Anyway, let's get on with the chapter. The next morning, we walked down to the castle grid and said our goodbyes. Nico, you could come. You should come with us, I blurted out. I guess I'm thinking about my dream and how much the young boy Perdix reminded me of Nico. He shook his head. I don't think he, one of us had slept well in the demon ranch house, but Nico looked worse than anybody else. His, eye was, his eyes were red and, fa- and his face chalky. He, wrapped, he was wrapped in a black robe that must have belonged to Garyon, because it was three sizes too big even for a grown man. I need time to think. His eyes wouldn't meet mine, but I could tell from his tone he was so angry. The fact that his sister had come out of the underworld for me and not for him didn't seem to sit well with him. Nico, Annabeth said, Bianca just wanted you to be okay. She put her hand on his shoulder, but he pulled away and trudged up the road towards the ranch house. Maybe it was my imagination, but the morning... Mist seemed to cling him as he walked. I'm worried about him, Annabeth told me. If he starts walking to my, talking to Minos's ghost again, he'll be all right, Ethereon promised. The cowherd had cleaned up nicely. He was wearing new jeans and a clean western shirt, and he'd, and he'd even trimmed his beard. He'd put on Garyon's boots. The boy can stay here and gather his thoughts as long as he wants. He'll be safe, I promise. How about you? I asked. Ethereum scratched Ethereus behind the, behind one chin, then the other. Things are going to run a little differently on this ranch from now on. No more sacred cattle meat. I'm thinking about soya bean patties. I'm going to befriend those flesh, flesh-eating horses. Might just sign up for the next rodeo. The idea made me shudder. Well, good luck. Yep. Ethereum spat in the grass. I reckon you'll be looking for Daedalus' workshop now? Annabeth's eyes lit up. Can you help us? Can you help us? Ethereon studied the cattle grid, and I got the feeling the subject of Deadless's workshop made him uncomfortable. Don't know where it is, but Hephaestus probably would. That's what Hera said, Annabeth agreed. But how do we find Hephaestus? Ethereon pulled something from under the collar of his shirt. It was a necklace, a smooth silver desk, disc on a silver chain. The disc had a, de- a depression had a depression in the middle, like a thumbprint. He handed it to Annabeth. Festus comes here from time to time, Therion said. Studies the animals so he can, and such so he can make bronze automatons. Copies. Last time, I um, did him a favor. A little trick he wanted to play on my dad, Ares, and Aphrodite. He gave me that chain in gratitude. He said if I ever needed to find him, the disc would lead me to his forges, but only once. And you're giving it to me? Annabeth asked. Ethereum blushed. I don't need to f- see the forges, miss. Got enough to do here. Just press the button and you'll be on your way. Annabeth pressed the button on the disc, sprang, and it sprang to life. It grew eight metal- metallic legs. Annabeth shrieked and dropped it, much to Ethereum's confusion. Spider! She screamed. She's, um, a little scared of spiders, Grove explained. The grudge between Athena and Arachne? Oh. Ethereum looked embarrassed. Sorry, miss. 
The spider crambled onto the cattle grid and disappeared between the bars. Hurry, I said. That thing's not going to wait for us. Annabeth wasn't anxious to follow, but we didn't have much choice. We said our goodbyes to Ethereal, and Tyson pulled the, grad- pulled the cattle grid off the hole, and we dropped back into the maze. I wish I could have put on the mechanical spider on a leash. It scuttled along the tunnel so fast of so fast that most of the time I couldn't even see it. If it hadn't been for Tyson and Grover's excellent hearing, we never would have known which way it was going. We ran down a marble tunnel, then dashed to the left and almost fell into an abyss. Tyson grabbed me and hauled me from b- back before I could fall. The tunnel continued in front of us, but there was no floor for about 30 meters, just gasp- gasping darkness and series of iron rungs in the ceiling. The mechanical spider was about halfway across, swinging from bar to bar by shooting out metal web fiber. Monkey bars, Annabeth said. I'm great at these. She leaped from one rung and swung her across her way across. She was scared of tiny spiders, but not of plumbing to her death from a set of monkey bars. Go figure. Annabeth got to the opposite side and ran after the spider. I followed. When we when I got across, looked back. I looked back and saw Tyson giving Grover a piggyback ride. Or was it a goatee back ride? The big man made it across in three swings, which is a good thing since just as he landed, the iron bar ripped free under his weight. We kept moving and past a skeleton crumbled in the tunnel. It wore the remains of a dress shirt, trousers, and a tie. The spider didn't slow down. I slipped on a pile of wood scraps, but I shone a light on them and realized they were pencils. Hundreds of them, all broken in half. The tunnel opened up into a large room. A blazing light hit us. Once my eyes adjusted, the first thing I noticed was the skeletons. Dozens littered the floor around us. Some were old and bleached white. Others were more recent and a lot grosser. They didn't smell quite as bad as Gary on stables, but almost. Then I saw the monster. She stood on a glittery daze on the opposite side of the room. She had the body of a huge lion and the head of a woman. She would have been pretty, but her hair was tied back in a tight bun, and she wore way too much makeup. So she kind of reminded me of a third-grade choir teacher. She had a blue ribbon bandage pinned to her chest that took me a moment to read. This monster has been rated exemplary, Tyson whispered. Sphinx. I knew exactly why he was scared. When he was small, Tyson had been attacked by a sphinx in New York. He still had the scars on his back to prove it. Spotlights blazed on either side of the crate of the creature. The only exit was a tunnel right behind the daze. The mechanical spiders scuttled between the sphinx's paws and disappeared. Annabeth started forward, but the sphinx roared, showing fangs in, otherwise, in her otherwise human face. Bars came down on both tunnel exits, behind us and in front. Immediately, the monster's snarl turned into a brilliant smile. Welcome, lucky contestants, she announced. Get ready to play. Answer that riddle. Canned applause blasted from the ceiling and were invisible as if there were invisible loudspeakers. Spotlights swept across the room and reflected off the daze, throwing disco glitter over the skeletons on the floor. Fabulous prizes! The Sphinx said, pass the test and you get to advance, fail, and I get to eat you. Who will be our contestant? Annabeth grabbed my arm. I've got this, she whispered. I know what she's going to ask.
I didn't argue too hard. I didn't want Annabeth getting devoured by a monster, but I figured if the Sphinx going, was going to ask riddles, Annabeth was the best one to get us out to, of us to try. Can't read. <clears throat> she stepped forward to the contestants' podium, which had a skeleton in a uniform hunched over it. She pushed the skeleton out of the way, and it clattered to the floor. Sorry, Annabeth told it. Welcome, Annabeth Chase, the monster cried, though Annabeth hadn't said her name. Are you ready for your test? Yes, she said. Ask your riddle. Twenty riddles, actually, the Sphinx said gleefully. What? But back in the old days, oh, we've raised our standards. The past you must show proficiently in all twenty. Isn't that great? A plow switched on and off like somebody turning a fasulet. Annabeth glanced at me nervously. I gave her an encouraging nod. Okay, she told the Sphinx. I'm ready. A drum roll sounded from above. The Sphinx's eyes glittered with excitement. What is the capital of Bulgaria? Annabeth frowned. For a terrible moment, I thought she was stumped. Sophia, she said. But applause. Correct. Even more canned applause. The Sphinx smiled so wide her fangs shows. Please be sure to mark your answer clearly on the test sheet with a 2B pencil. What? Annabeth looked mystified. Then a test booklet appeared on the podium in front of her, along with a sharpened pencil. Make sure you bubble each answer clearly and stay on the side of the circle, the Sphinx said. If you have to erase, erase completely or the machine will not be able to read your answers. What machine? Annabeth asked. The Sphinx pointed with her paws. Over at the spotlight uh, was a bronze box with a, he- with a bunch of gears and levers and a big Greek letter. H. Eta on the side. Mark of Hephaestus. Now, said the Sphinx. Next question. Wait a second, Annabeth protested. What about what walks on four legs in the morning? I beg your pardon? The Sphinx said, clearly annoyed now. The riddle about man. He walks in four legs in the morning like a baby, two legs in the afternoon like an adult, and three legs in the evening as an old man with a cane. That's the riddle you used to ask. Exactly why we changed the test, the Sphinx exclaimed. You already know the answer. Now, second question. What is the square root of 16? Four, Annabeth said, but correct. Which U.S. president signed the Emancipation Proclamation? Abraham Lincoln, but correct. Riddle number four. How much? Hold up! Annabeth shouted. I wanted to tell her to stop complaining. She's doing great. She just should answer. She should just answer the question so we can leave. These aren't riddles, Annabeth said. What do you mean? The Sphinx snapped. Of course they are. They're test materials, specially designed. Just a bunch of dumb random facts. Annabeth insisted. Riddles are supposed to make you think. Think. The Sphinx frowned. How am I supposed to think? How am I supposed to test whether you can think? That's ridiculous. Now, how much force is required? Stop! Annabeth insisted. This is a stupid test. Um, Annabeth? Grover cut in nervously. Maybe you should just, you know, finish first and complain later. I'm a child of Athena, she insisted, and this is an insult to my intelligence. I won't answer these questions. Part of me was impressed with her for standing up like that. But part of me thought her pride was going to get us all killed. Spotlight glared. The Sphinx's eyes glittered purple-black. 
Well then, my dear, the monster said calmly, if you won't pass, you fail. And since we can't allow any children to be held back, you'll be eaten. The Sphinx bared her claws, which gleamed like stainless steel. She pounced on the podium. No! Dyson charged. He hated when people threatened Annabeth, but I couldn't believe he was being so brave, especially since he had had such a bad experience with the Sphinx before. He tackled the Sphinx midair, and they crashed sideways into a pile of bones. They gave that, this gave Annabeth just enough time uh, to gather her wits and draw her knife. Tyson got up, his shirt clawed to shreds. The Sphinx growled, looking for an opening. I drew Riptide and stepped in front of Annabeth. Turn invisible, I told her. I can't fight! No! I yelled. The Sphinx is after you! Let's let us get it! If, as if to prove my point, the Sphinx knocked Tyson aside and tried to charge past me. Grover poked him in the eye with somebody's leg bone. She screeched in pain. Annabeth put her cap on and vanished. The Sphinx pounced right where she'd been standing, but came up empty-handed. I'm empty paws, sorry. No fair! The Sphinx wailed. Cheater! With Annabeth no longer in sight, the Sphinx turned on me. I raised my sword, but before I could strike, Tyson ripped the monster's grating machine off the floor and threw it at the monster's head, ruining her hair bun. It laid, it landed in pieces all around her. My grating machine! She cried. I can't be excellent. XM player ye without my test scores. The bars lifted from the exits. We all dashed for the far tunnel. I could only hope Annabeth was doing the same. Spinks started to follow, but Grover raised his reed pipes and began to play. Suddenly, the pencils remembered they used to be parts of trees. They collected around the Spinks's paws, grew roots and branches, and began wrapping around the monster's legs. The Spinks ripped through them, but it bought us just enough time. Tyson pulled Grover into the tunnel, and the bar slammed shut behind us. Annabeth! I yelled. Here, she said right next to me. Keep moving! We ran through the dark tunnels, listening to the roar of the Sphinx behind us as she complained about all the tests she would have to grade by hand. And that was chapter 10. I hope you guys had a good time listening to me read this chapter and you will come back for more <clears throat> um i'm also kind of surprised that i had 2000 downloads with no comments but i'm not gonna make a comment <laughs> um actually do i have comments no i cannot check that without my um this recording being lost and uh yeah i don't want to spend another 15 minutes reading about a sphinx uh, thank you for listening, um, and I will see you next time. Er, not really, but bye.